There is child care out back if you want to take advantage of that, parents. Praise God. So good to have the house of God filled. About a quarter of, there was nobody in these seats. <laughs> and I said, oops. <laughs> I guess nobody's, nobody's coming. It's kind of like the early days of our ministry, right, Jens? <laughs> we got the sign turned open, or is it still unclosed? But just want to share a little something from the word of the Lord tonight. Praise God. I want to just bring this story out tonight, just about eight days after the birth of Christ in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, when Jesus was presented in the temple. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 21, it says, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angels had given him before he had been conceived. And when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Watch what happens and listen to the song that Simeon breaks out in because this is the fifth and final Christmas song behind the angels, behind uh, Mary, behind Zacharias. And Elizabeth. It's a brief song in Latin. It's called Nung Timidis. If any of you speak Latin, forgive me. <laughs> Basically broken up in three parts. It's a worship hymn. It's a salvation hymn. And it's a missionary hymn. And here he goes. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all the people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And watch as Simeon goes from praising to prophesying using three images of a stone, a sign, and a sword. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a little boy who was, uh, instead of writing a letter to Santa Claus, actually wrote a letter to God, expressing him how badly he wanted some Christmas presents. In this letter, he expressed to God that he has been a good boy for six months. Thought about that and crossed it out and changed it to three months. Thought some more, crossed that out, and changed it to two weeks. Upon further thought, he crossed everything out. He went over to a nativity scene where all the figures of Mary, Joseph, and all the animals were. He grabs the figure of Mary, goes back to his little desk, and starts writing again and writes to God, if you ever want to see your mother again, (laughs) Santa is certainly not the only one who knows if we've been bad or good. God knows if we've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sakes. Amen? Want to show you this man, Simeon, tonight, who was good for goodness sakes because 
Boy, he was a man who was led by the Spirit of God. He was taught by the Word of God. He was obedient to the will of God. And because of all four of those things, he saw the salvation of God. And there are five observations I want to just see in the life of Simeon. Number one observation, you will, those who look for Jesus will find him. If you're looking for Jesus tonight, you will find him. It says in Luke's Gospel 2.25, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous, devout. He was waiting. The American Standard Version changes that waiting to looking. He was looking for the consolation of Israel. Holy Spirit was upon him. And that word looking implies looking with intent to find what you're looking for. Not a casual observance, not scanning a crowd, but looking intently to find what you are looking for. He's got tunnel vision. The Bible says he was waiting. He's looking for the consolation of Israel. Consolation of Israel is a messianic hope. It's a messianic hope. Basically, that was an old Jewish prayer. May I see the consolation of Israel? May I see the consolation of Israel? The Jews were praying that all the time till it's fulfilled the night or the day that Simeon has it fulfilled right before his very eyes. Behold the consolation of Israel. And Jesus was the consolation of Israel. Consolation means comfort. Two different ways that the Israelites and Simeon saw and waited for the consolation of Israel. The the Jews, the ancient Jews, they sought comfort and they thought this Messiah was coming to break off the Roman oppression and all of the financial and economic and spiritual bondage that they were under. So they expected Messiah to free them from this military bondage. Then they would be comforted. Then they would be comforted. Someone once said, much of life is expectation and perception. The Jews expected the wrong kind of deliverance. Therefore, they wrongly perceived who Jesus was and what he came to do. Jesus did not come the first time to set up a military throne in Jerusalem and rule outwardly. He came to rule inwardly in the hearts of his followers. His consolation would not be outward, it would be inward. The second time he comes... He will be ruling outwardly and ruling for a thousand years sitting on David's throne. Henry David Thoreau once said, Many an object is not seen, though it falls within the range of the visual eye. What Thoreau is suggesting that there may be things that are right in front of us, but if we are not looking at them, we will miss them. That's why you can have two different people come into a church service Sunday morning, the same service, hearing the same message, worshiping the same God, one of them walks out saying, boy, that was powerful. God really ministered to me. The other one says, I didn't even feel God at all. That's because one was looking and one was not. We see what we look for, whether that be jewelry, whether that be a new dress, a new tool set, or even a potential mate. There was a young girl who expressed to her father and told them that she had been engaged. And the man, the father said immediately, does he have any money? To which the young girl says, oh, daddy, you men are all alike. That's exactly what he asked me about you. (laughs) Compare Simeon's looking and searching for God to the Bethlehem story. Because he's the only one that I see that was looking and expecting. The rest of the people in the Bethlehem story were not. 
Luke 2, 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Same reasons that there was no room for him in the inn is the same reason we may not make room for him in our lives. One of them is busyness. It is Christmas Eve, by the way. And Christmas can get busy, but I'm talking about beyond Christmas and our lives become busy. We're running around. And for the Bethlehem people, there was a census happening. So they had to get this done and get back to their hometowns. They had to fulfill this. Busyness can make you tired and tiredness can make you miss God. Another thing is preoccupation. We can be so preoccupied with life. So many things going on. Martha was preoccupied and distracted with things and stuff in the kitchen that she missed a special moment with Jesus out in the living room where Mary was. And Jesus said, you have missed the good part. We can become so preoccupied and distracted with work, with things, and with stuff that we missed out on the precious moments with God. There was a husband and wife who went and did some Christmas shopping in a department store. Actually, the wife was all over the place doing shopping, and the husband was just kind of standing there and hanging out. Till one, He was at one part of the uh, department store and strikes up his conversation with this other woman and says, you know, I think my wife is just taking the shopping thing to a whole new level. I mean, she's just getting carried away. No sooner he said that, all of a sudden there was kind of like a, a power outage that nearly went out and the lights flickered. And he said, ah, that must be her checking out now. You know, we can get so preoccupied with things of the things of the world and miss out on a precious moment with God, but may we not miss out on the return of the Lord and be so preoccupied. Lot's wife, who was being delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah and basically dragged out by angels, and, you know, kind of typical of our deliverance from the judgments to come, looked back and became a pillar of salt. You know, they say that there's four stages of life, four stages of life. The first stage of life is you believe in Santa Claus. Second stage of life is you don't believe in Santa Claus. Third stage of life is you are Santa Claus. And the fourth stage of life, you look like Santa Claus. (laughs) I'm not looking at anyone. Not looking at anybody. You know, we go through each stage of those life, and it's kind of like you would think that as we get closer and, you know, get through those stages that the fascination with this world and the things that would cause us to look back and tie us down and hold us back and gather our attention in this world would lessen and lessen and lessen with each stage. But when you think of a hot air balloon that is tethered to this earth by four lines and one line gets, you know, freed and that hot air balloon kind of, you know, jolts upward and then a second line, it jolts up a little more than a third line and a fourth line till finally that hot air balloon is taken off to the clouds. I don't think we need to wait and shouldn't wait for all four stages of looking like Santa Claus finally arrives. Okay, I've had enough of this world. I'm ready for heaven. I think we need to break those four lines right now that we're tethered to, to the things of this world and lose interest in the things of this world because the Lord is coming back so soon that we don't want to look back. Do you? I don't want to look back. I want to soar and fly out of here. Amen. Amen. Amen? I watched Superman as a boy all the time. And I used to jump and put this, this, uh, this uh, towel around my neck and go flying through the house. 
I can't wait to the rapture. We go flying out of here, amen? I wonder how long the ride will be. I just want to soar a little bit, you know? Just go, maybe go around the earth one time. I, I digress. There was a minister who was waiting in line to have his car filled with gas in his long holiday weekend. Place was busy. The attendant was doing all he can to service all these cars, and he sees the reverend over there. He knew the reverend, knew this minister, and called him over. And he said to the reverend, sorry, reverend, I'm so sorry for the delay. It seems as if everyone waits until the last minute to get ready before they go on a long trip, to which the minister said, I know what you mean. It's the same in my business. <laughs> then there's inconvenience. No room in the inn. If this innkeeper had known who the Son of God was, that Mary was pregnant with the Son of God, imagine the business. Imagine the advertisement after that. You know, George Washington slept here. Abraham Lincoln slept here. Go to 90 East Broadway and South Gardner. Gary Collette slept there. Amen? <laughs> who wouldn't want to go over there? But he could say that Jesus slept here. The Son of God slept here. But he was just, there was inconvenience. So... I think sometimes we have a way of putting up a no vacancy sign because we don't have, not that we don't have room for him in our lives, but just not a convenient time right now. The fourth reason the people of Bethlehem weren't looking for Jesus, just there was no expectation. Simeon expected to see the Christ child, look for his coming. Bethlehem, no such expectations. You know, today there are people whose expector has expired. You know what I'm saying? Their specter has expired. People that have had, once they had great faith. I mean, they had great faith. Believe God for anything, powerful things. Approach God with confidence. Spirit of God working. Now they expect nothing, see nothing. Discouragement comes. Can I encourage you tonight? Keep looking. Keep searching. No matter the discouragement, all good things come to them that wait. The Bible says Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting is not a great word, and it's not a great word in Christianity either. Waiting, waiting, waiting on God can build faith, but it also breeds discouragement. Simeon said, I'm going to see the Messiah, the Christ child, before I die. In Psalms 27, 13, he says, I am still confident of this, the psalmist says. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Three more observations. They go quicker. The second observation about Simeon's looking at that many times, the assurance comes before the answer. The assurance comes before the answer. In other words, we know something's going to happen before it happens. It just feels it. It just bears witness. The Spirit of God has told him in Luke 2.26, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The Spirit of God was upon him, the Bible says. And because the Spirit of God was upon him, the Spirit of God assured him that what he was looking for, he'd find. What he was looking for, he'd find. Verse 27, moved by the Holy Spirit, he went to the temple courts. The Holy Spirit will always move you to where Jesus is. Wherever Jesus is, he'll move you. He'll move upon your heart. Third observation, Simeon was in a right place. He was not in the right place. He was in a right place when he saw Jesus. Big difference, everybody. You know, Simeon not only came to the right place to find the Christ child, he was in a right place to see the Christ child. 
and understand who he was. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit, the American Standard Version said he came in the Spirit in the temple. He came to the right place, but he was in a right place when he went in there. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you come to church. It matters how you come to church. It matters how you come. Because you can come to the right place and be right on time, right on cue. But if you're not in the right spirit and right attitude, you're going to miss God. You're not going to see him. Verse 25 describes Simeon this way, righteous and devout, pure of heart, holy. Remember what Jesus said in Beatitudes? The pure in heart will see what? The pure in heart will see God. There was a little girl who told her parents one time that she liked Santa Claus better than Jesus. So you like Santa Claus better than Jesus. Why? She said, because for Santa Claus, you only have to be good at Christmas time. For Jesus, you have to be good all the time. Fourth observation, Simeon personally received Jesus. Can you imagine the feeling of holding the Son of God? I mean, Mary did, Joseph did, all right? When Jesus was sanctified, offered up to the Lord, I'm sure a priest held him. But Simeon holds the Son of the living God, the Son of God. This is the gift that God wants you to have this Christmas. This is the gift that you cannot leave this world and make heaven without. This is the gift that God has given us. It's one thing to take the Christ child in your arms, like Simeon. We need to take the Christ child in our hearts. We have to take him in our hearts. It's not about having a vicarious relationship with God through parents who have grown up in a church, a grandparent that's prayed for you. You cannot have a relationship with God through your pastor's relationship with God, your spouse's relationship with God, anyone else's relationship with God. God wants to have a relationship with you. He has a plan and a hope and a future for you. And Luke 2.28, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. From my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Fifth and final observation, when you receive Jesus or receive Jesus like Simeon did, then and only then are you ready to die. Then you're ready. That's when you're ready. It's not until he held the Christ in his arms that he was ready to leave this earth. It's not until we receive Christ and hold him in our hearts that we're ready to leave this earth as well. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Is he living in your heart? Is he living in your life? Do you know him as your savior? Religion, good works, attend church, come to church, won't get you there. Sin has separated us from God. Jesus is the bridge that has reconciled God with man. He's made a way where there is no other way. He paid the price for our sins on a cross 2,000 years ago and shed his holy righteous blood to purchase our salvation, to buy us back from the slave market of sin. That's what Jesus did. That's why this night is so wonderful. That's why it's so glorious to celebrate the Christ child. Praise God for sending us the glorious God. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. George E. Taylor Jr. put this verse into perspective at Christmas time 
by saying it this way, for God, the greatest giver, so loved, the greatest emotion, the world, the greatest number of people, that he gave his only begotten son, the greatest sacrifice, that whoever believeth, the greatest decision in him, the greatest gift, should not perish, the greatest loss, but have everlasting life, the greatest benefit. Receive the gift of Christ this Christmas. Hold him in your heart. Open up your heart. Let him in. Don't suffer the greatest loss. Jesus is the gift worth waiting for. He is the gift worth waiting for. Father in heaven, I just pray right now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to tap on the hearts, to tap on the lives. I pray, Lord God, that you would touch every person, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And like Simeon, Lord, we would love to have held the Son of God in our arms. But more importantly, Lord, we have it over Simeon and that, Lord, we can hold you in our hearts all the days of our lives. And I pray, Lord God, for everyone here tonight, that, Lord God, that you would speak to, you would, Lord, make yourself known, you, Lord, would reveal your love to, and, Lord, you would show them their need for a Savior tonight, Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone here tonight that would say, Pastor, I'm just going to slip my hand up. I want you to just see it. I want you to just pray a prayer for me. If you've received Christ and you have another need tonight, something else going on, you would just like me to just pray for you tonight. God hears prayer. He hears your prayers. Is there anyone here tonight? Just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, I just want to, I just need prayer. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else going through a difficult time? God bless you. I see the hands. Anybody else? The Lord knows it. I see those hands out there. Praise God. I just want to tarry. Ask God to minister to you tonight in a special way. Hallelujah. We're here to bless him. He's here to bless us. Anybody else? For any need at all. Most important one is salvation. That you know Christ the Savior. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray, Lord, for those whose hands were lifted tonight. Lord, attached to those hands. Lord, our hearts that are positioned before you and say, Lord, come on in and be my Savior and Lord. And I pray, oh God, also attach, Lord, our needs that, Lord God, they have. And Lord, we don't write letters to Santa. We don't pray to Santa. We pray to you, Lord. You are our God. And we ask you, Lord, to minister to, Lord, those specific needs tonight, even for hands that did not go up. Lord, you know everything about us. You know all about us, Lord. For everyone here tonight, bless them. Father, encourage them. Father God, meet every need, Lord, for a job, for finances, relationships, healing. Lord God, whatever it is, oh God, broken relationships, broken hearts, loneliness, especially this time of year, Lord. Encourage, Lord God. Thank you for being a light to us Gentiles, Lord. We sat in darkness. Your word says we saw a great light, and that light was the light of life. Bless your people, Lord. Bless everyone who's here tonight. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name.